So I will be reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25 first. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And then we'll be reading from 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that it may, so that by, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, You, also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I'm going to pray to ask God to help us that you can hear me, that my voice lasts, and most of all, that God's Spirit will transform us by His Word. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that we can be together. We do pray that we can really reflect on your Word and what it is to belong to your church the glory that that is. Uh, We do pray that you'll help us do that work now to uh, wrestle with it, that your spirit will transform us. Uh, Keep my voice going and help everyone to be able to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Feel free to grab a Bible up the back. It'd be helpful. There are kind of three passages that we're going to read through again. I'll just give this to Jack. I'm not going to read all the Bible passages, so when it's reading time, I'll just get him to do it. Um, um, and, and it'd be helpful to do that if you'd like one, uh, and the outline, there's some points to follow on there that I think would be helpful as well. What? The question I have is, what makes us tick as human beings? If I was to ask you what are 10 things that make, say, let's just say Australians tick, what would you come up with right now in your head? What are you thinking? What are the 10 things that make us tick? 
It's interesting, isn't it? It's a good, it's just, I think it's a really interesting question. Um, one of Australia's most notable and recognisable and uh, quite influential and, and helpful in many ways, a social analyzer, uh, Hugh McKay, 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 you know which way to say, um, he wrote a book on that a few years ago, which I've read quite a lot of times, um, What Makes Us Tick. In his conclusion, with all the research that he did talking with Australians, um, is that there's 10 things. Um, I think at another time we may even think about those 10 things uh, in a series. Out of those 10 things, one of them is the desire to belong. And I reckon the once we think about that, it kind of does make obvious sense to us, but we also have a bit of a contradiction in our society. He starts off each chapter with a quote, and I love this quote. It says, all Norwegians were Lutherans, of course, even the atheists. It's it's about belonging. It doesn't matter what you believe. You belong. It's an interesting quote. Western culture, we've kind of really moved down the path of individualism, haven't we? That we like to do things on our own, by ourselves, where where we don't need anyone else to tell us what to do. When I was a teenager... A long time ago, there was a great song by The Living End, which basically was, don't, I don't need no one to tell me what to do. I'm on my own. You can go and get lost, basically. And my brother used to love that song. He played it very loudly in the house whenever mum and dad asked us to do something because it was, I'm going to do what I want. But that's a contradiction to actually what we are. Because if we think about our, even our Western culture, just look around. We have families, we have workplaces, we have schools, we have coffee shops, we have pubs, we have religious and political affiliations, sporting affiliations, which probably trump them all in our society. We have all these things that we are part of, which are actually together, where we belong. And so it's probably why we're so confused in the Western culture. We want to be on our own, but we don't want to be on our own. We want to, And we're confused. But in many ways, even if we don't admit it, our default position is to be together, even in our society. Hugh Mackay said in, in, this, uh, in this chapter, um, just let me read it a little bit to you, he said, through 50 years of social, re- social research, must, much of it spent sitting in people's homes, listening to them and talk about their attitudes, values and aspirations. I have been repeatedly struck by the attachment most people feel to their families, their neighbourhoods and communities and their loyalty to various organisations they are associated with. The sense of belonging is palpable and the lack of it is distressing. To those experiencing loneliness or social exclusion, for instance, or to recent arrivals who haven't yet made the sort of connections that help us feel we belong to a neighbourhood, a city or even a country. His conclusion, I was in that book, is that we have all these different ways that we want to belong because it's, we, we had that desire. Uh, the conclusion that Hugh doesn't make, that I think that we see in the scriptures, is that that is an innate desire because we are made by God to belong to Him together. And that's what we're thinking about today belonging to a church. See, not everyone feels that over need and they like to be more individualistic, but 
the call to belong together as God's people is overwhelming. But when it comes to Christianity, even in my 10 or so years as a pastor, I see it time and time again, people thinking, I can do it on my own. They've got all their other areas where they want to belong, their sporting clubs and their families and things. But when it comes to Christianity, I'll just do that on my own. That classic question is, do I need to go to church to be a Christian? It's the completely wrong question. Many people would say, after all, becoming a Christian is a personal personal moment between me and God. And, and that's true. How do we think about belonging to church? For some, that attitude is because they're more individualistic, whether it's because of they're in denial or their need to belong, whether it's their personality traits or it's cultural. They had those feelings. And then there are others who are desperate to belong. This discipleship series is not just something we decided to do in personal quiet times. But just figure it out yourself. Oh, that would be good too. This discipleship series we're doing in our community groups, we're doing together as God's people, because of this topic today, we belong together. We think about it together. And so what I want to do today is consider what that kind of looks like and really three ideas from the scriptures, not all encompassing, but three ideas from the scriptures that show us why we belong and what that looks like. And then I've got six kind of practical ways that all the practical things hang off those ideas. Um, so I'm not providing some kind of deep exposition on what church is and the theology of church. When I'm talking about church, I'm talking about God's people gathering together and all that that contains, that will be for another day. But I want us to consider the belonging together as God's people and why it's good and why we should be absolutely passionate about it if we follow Jesus. So let's kick it off with the first point. God's plan for you. Let's go to Hebrews 10 that I skipped over in the uh, time of communion together. And Jack, can you read to us, if you've got your Bibles open, open up to chapter 10 verses 19 to 25 and read that for us again, which we had read as well. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 21. We have confidence to go with God because there is a house of God. We have confidence to enter the holy place by Jesus' blood because there's a house of God. That language of house is not... It kind of makes the point in a way, doesn't it? There's a house where people are together. And then we get 22, 23 and 24. Let us and the us is very specific the let us is we're going forward in this we are drawing near to god with a sincere heart we are holding unswervingly 
to the hope we profess together. It's a lot easier to hold on to something when you're together than when you're by yourself. And then verse 24, let us consider... So you're thinking about it, you're not just doing it, you're actually wanting to make it intentional and helpful. Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. See, belonging to church is because following Jesus involves let us. And we do it with thought and intention. We consider, we don't just go, okay, I'll do that because that's what I've got to do. We consider how we spur one another on. Another way of saying that is we consider how we build others up, how we help each other. Spur one another on by yourself. How can you do that? It's actually not possible, is it? Let me ask you, not a rhetorical question, what activities do you like doing? Yell some out. Fishing. What else? That, that one you can do by yourself quite easily. What else? Sleeping. Yes, Alex, you can sleep by... You, 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 that's right. Yep. Supporting your wife. Yeah, good. That's two people involved in that one. Thank you, Jason. Excellent. Wow. One out of three. Yep. Other activities we like doing? Sport. What sort of sport, Shannon, would you choose? You need someone on the other side of the net, don't you? Excellent. What else? What other activities? Music. Music. Yeah, it's much better when you actually have a band. Or even if you're by yourself, you need someone to put it all together for you and help you. You can't just do it all by yourself. You need someone to help you get it all sorted as you go. You need the sound guys. You even want to include the sound guys, right? Don't you, musicians? You do. That's right. They make you sound good. Lots of things and activities we do together because we enjoy it. I'd even argue fishing, there are good times to do that with others. It's like golf. I love going out by myself, I tell you. I'm just in my happy place when there's no one else on the golf course. If I can see no one and you're on the golf course, that's a happy place. But I also love playing with my buddies. love playing with Peter when I play Peter uh, and, and, and my mate Greg who I play with. I love doing that. That was, that was the joy of golf, I think. That's what that was, that laugh. Good on you, Daniel. <laughs> but what, I, what we see here is that you're doing it together to spur one another on. Daniel, can you just flick up to... Uh, to there should be the slide um, for... There's a picture in between the two discipleship images, if we can get there. There we go. That was yesterday, Grace Conference. Rihanna took a photo of everyone at Grace Conference. There's 16 women there. Meredith's not there because she was organising it, um, one of the organisers. But all the women there, and they had 16, the men had 14. So oh, next to you guys, we've got to be the women. Because um, everything needs to be a competition, right? But so we had 30 people go to Grace and Men's Convention, which is fantastic. But all those women there of all different ages, building each other up and supporting one another. It was a joy to have Emily come home buzzing about how she got to spend time with the young adults and the older people and going to a seminar about stuff that was relevant to her and the others building each other up and having that time. That's a great thing. It wouldn't work if there was just one person at the conference. If Sue Harrington, the speaker, was the only person there, don't think there was much love and good deeds spurring one another on consideration. Thanks, Daniel. He's got it. Thanks, Lab. Um, the thing is, what we see is that even back then, there were people giving up meeting together. 
Some are in the habit of doing. It's really interesting language. Some were doing it and kind of drift away from it and it becomes a bit of a habit. It's very easy to get out of a pattern and a habit and to spur one and then all of a sudden it's not something you really have a passion for. That's really easy, isn't it? And no matter whatever you're doing. What I love at Grove is where we've got so many shift workers and we're able to, as best we can, accommodate you and so you... All the shift workers come whenever they can because it's really hard when you've got that kind of work but it's great to see that commitment and not getting out of the habit. Oh, well, I didn't go that way because I wasn't working. That's a joy to see that we can manage difficult life situations and we encourage one another because of what's coming. That's the first reason. I reckon that's probably it. That that one on its own could be enough, right? Um, We had... Did we have Ephesians read earlier? No, no, we didn't. That's good, because we're going to read it now. Um, Jack, can you read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 13 for us? Sure. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Thanks, Jack. What we're seeing there is that God, and early in Ephesians, Jesus is the head of the church, right? Jesus is the head, and then we've got all these people equipped to do all these things. And we're not going to talk onto the, the great conversation that we have about spiritual gifts and the gifts and how that all works and everything. I want us to see quite clearly, second point, none of us are the complete package. Right? You're not God's gift to the rest of the church on your own. Right? We are all God's gift to each other, doing it together because we have different body parts. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, can you flick there, Jack? I don't know if I told you that one. Sorry about that. 1 Corinthians 12, um, we get a little snippet of that. I'd love to just go through all of these details, but I just want to show you one point specifically. It's in the context of Paul trying to help see a very messed up and mixed up church that they need to be unified by God's spirit in Christ and then he gives a really great illustration that I think is so cool. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to... Uh, let's read the whole thing, 25, up to 25. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hands, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. That's a great passage. There is one body. It has many parts. God is right at the heart of it. There is one God, one spirit, one body. Verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now the point is, in this simple and obvious illustration that we can gloss over it, I think really so many problems that happen in churches are because we forget this. The idea that a foot cannot do the role of an ear. An eye cannot do the role of a tongue. But they both are needed to function for a body. That's essentially what he's trying to tell the Corinthians to say, guys, stop going out on your own and trying to do it all and dividing yourselves when each one of you contributes to the whole. There are not multiple bodies going around that are the complete package. There is one body, Jesus is the head, and you all have this valuable role in it, whatever that may be, to contribute. It's a beautifully clear illustration. And it is profoundly helpful for a church to hold it dearly. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. you look to the person next to you what Jesus is saying is in church I need you the person that you haven't met yet at Grove you need that all these chairs that aren't filled yet when those people come and sit in those chairs we need them and for them to be part of the body does that point kind of really helpful make sense I think Jesus really, I mean, Paul's really helping them see how Jesus is the head of that church. And it's something the church throughout generations needs to keep on reminding itself. Okay, so we've got our first point. What was that first point? Remind me. Let us. Yeah, we do it together. Second point, we're not the complete package. Third point. We are to be part of now what our future will be. Jack, can you just read verse uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10, please? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. It's like the let us, but it's really helpful to see. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. There's no individualism in nation. God's special possession. God doesn't have individual possessions. He's including us into actually himself, into the, into the Godhead, the Trinity himself. We are one 
people, a chosen people. And notice how it says, not you will be, you are. That is the now. We are, if you're a follower of Jesus, you trust in him, you are a chosen people. That is what we are. It's spectacular. It is glorious. Verse 10, once you were not a people. That's what we reminded ourselves of communion. You weren't a people, but God has made you his people through the cross of Christ, the mercy that has been given. That is what we are now. And so belonging ramps up its importance, even if it kind of is hard. In verse 17 of 1 Peter 2, it says, show proper respect to everyone, good thing. But then this little phrase that comes next, love the family of believers. A chosen people loves the family. You can't do it with it unless you don't belong to it. And our future, so many times we consider our future into eternity, don't we? And every time we consider that, we never ever think eternity is a single bedroom unit with no common areas to meet, do we? We think of our eternity like we did in the Revelation series. All of the people around the throne worshiping God. We talk about um, being made alive in Christ around the heavenly in the heavenly realms. We think of heaven as a banquet together. That is the now. Seeing our future. Disciples of Jesus are always a people. And you can't be a people and reject the people because you never want to be with them. So there are kind of three principles that I think are very helpful for us to hold on to that we see in the scriptures about belonging to church. What I want to do is, I think I said five, I've got six, I've snuck another one in there. Um, I'm going to say a little kind of uh, quote um, by other people or ones I've made up myself. And I want us to think about why is that a helpful practical quote? The first one, the first practical way we can belong to church, and all of these need to hang off those three passages, I think. I think they do. The first thing I need to learn about church is, it's not about me. Why is that helpful? Because I think we're still on the, this side of heaven and our sinful hearts and our desire to be recognised and we do make it about us. It's very helpful for me as your pastor to remember that time and time again because I'm up the front and it becomes very easily something that I can make it all about me and that's hard when you're any kind of leadership. It's Jesus first, the people second. If everyone thinks like that though, what does that mean for you? Every other person is thinking about the other person. What's that mean? That's better for you than you thinking about yourself being number one. The body analogy is very helpful, isn't it? It's not about me because there's other parts of the body. It's about being other person centred. God teaches us this by who he is himself. The head, Jesus, and his relationship to the Father and the Spirit show us this. And that's what we're going to do a bit later on in this series when we talk about loving in service. We're going to see how service is completely about the other person. 
the first thing I need to learn about church is it's not about me. Write that down and keep telling yourself that and you will grow in your godliness and you'll actually build up God's people. The second thought, following Jesus involves others following him with me. Is that obvious? I hope it is. It's if we are a people, we follow together. It'd be a really weird thing, right? If we were together as a people, but in this room right now, we had four preachers telling four different ways to follow and we all went in different paths, which is kind of what the Corinthians were struggling with. I follow Apollos, I follow Paul. They were kind of... Following Jesus involves others following him with me. That that photo beautifully reminded me of that. That's what we do together. The older to the younger to the peers you look to. Being a church plant and being how our churches come together, we have a privilege that we should not um, let pass us by. We have this great mix of age groups and hopefully that continues. We should want to get to know our older brothers and sisters because really they teach us so much and we are really blessed with the godly uh, older brothers and sisters we have in this church. We have younger kids that are out there now. Do we care about them or we like to just shove them out there? So they're not making noise. Or do we want them to get to the point when they are 20 that they will make every life decision trying to work it through the lens of Jesus? Is that our heart and passion? What we're going to do later on this year, it's before Christmas, I changed the preaching series. We're going to do a series on relationships, on love, sex and relationships. That series is really important for everyone because it's actually what we do together and it's not just about boyfriends, girlfriends, it's not just about married couples, it's about all of us building each other up no matter what our stage of life is and encouraging one another. That's why it's really important for all of us. Following Jesus involves others following him with me. The third one. I'm just going to grab a drink. Hang on. The third one, I will never determine my attendance on what I get out of it. Uh, I come to church, I'm not getting, I'm not just getting much out of it, so it's, it's, I can't, it's kind of that first one, right, the, it's all about me, but it's just make, narrowing in on, uh, yeah, today, I couldn't even understand Michael, he was so, you know, so sick I couldn't understand him, uh, yeah, communion didn't do it for me. Um, oh, the music wasn't the songs I'd choose, so I didn't get much out of it. That kind of attitude is disastrous if that's how we determine our attendance. So we'll continue to look for the church that always ticks our boxes. I hope you didn't come to Grove just because it, every single box of yours is ticked because at some point, you're probably not going to tick it because that's the reality of trying to be a body together. Let me give you a scenario uh, that, that I've, I've dealt with before. In a, in a Bible study group, uh, someone was uh, leading, leading a Bible study group and a person who was constantly coming there went to the Bible study group and it was on a topic that they'd done many times before and so they responded uh, to, um, to me and saying, oh, I don't need to go to that Bible study group. Anymore. Why are we still doing the basic things over and over again? I've done that. I've studied further. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm not going to go. 
that's completely missing the point on what belonging together is all about. Moving churches. Now, you need the word of God to be feeding the people of God. Good reasons to move sometimes. It's, it's, it's why some of you said that you've come. Not many of you, because you weren't connected in with a church and you thought you'd come to this church. That is great. But to just move churches because you've got something better around the corner, I don't think it's helpful. Whenever someone comes, I don't want, I don't want people to come just because they think we're better. I'd rather them stay with the people of God they were at if they're being fed and, and help grow there. But if, if it's sometimes good to go to another church for wife reasons and all sorts of other reasons, that's a really helpful thing as well. It's just that attitude that is super important. Belonging to church, number four, I will get in the driver's seat when it's helpful. What is that? What am I talking about there? See, my participation will be for point one. That is, my participation will be when it's about other people and helping them, not because it's what I need to do. I, I had someone, uh, this was back in Sydney, who was coming come to church amazing musician, wanted to come to church, wanted to get involved. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We don't, not, not, not right at the moment. We don't need anything particularly right at the moment. And they got really, really angry at our, us in our church because they had all these gifts and were and quite talented, you know, better than most musicians, and we, which they actually were, but we said, it's not the time. There's lots of other things you can do. No, 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 this is the gift that I've been given. I must play music. And I'm like, well, not here you're not. Not with that attitude. I didn't say it like that. I was trying to be loving and gracious, but that's the point. We think how we can serve and participate for each other. And that means sometimes I will step into a position and maybe it's a position I've never done before if the leaders think I should do it and they give me the help to do it. That's why we thought it'd be good for the young adults to do lunch today just for something different. You all can just have lunch and um, and hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> It's my lack of clarity in my head. That wasn't what I meant. All right. <laughs> um, you learn something, you help someone, and you look for a need. See those ideas? It's not just about doing stuff and serving. It's also about learning something to help and seeing where people need help. It's not a roster. It's not a service thing. It's just someone kind of needs a hand, and you do it. That's what it means. Fifthly, when I'm not in the driver's seat, I'm passionate about engaging in our corporate worship and Bible and prayer. See, when we come together, at the heart of any church is Jesus. That's why we say we're a Jesus-shaped community. It's at the very heart of who we are. The Spirit transforms us into being Christ-like at the very heart of everything. And so we have a total unequivocal commitment to hearing from Jesus and following him. That's why the sermon time is not a time to switch off, even if you struggle with the preaching, because God's word is better than the preacher. We hear from Jesus to follow Jesus. We love the Bible and together we want to understand it together. 
In prayer, we talk to Jesus because we're in a relationship with him and he desires our requests. So prayer is really important. We are passionate about that together. That's why actually that old tradition that we do a little bit of here, but it's actually a good tradition of saying prayers together out loud is actually expressing that belonging. We are made to be a people of praise into all eternity. It's clearly where the scriptures take us. We exist for God's glory. We need to be a people who is passionate about praising together. How that's expressed is a very much a secondary issue. A heart full of praise is what needs to happen. And lastly, I hope when I come to church one week, there will be nowhere for me to sit. What's that got to do with belonging for church? Doesn't that mean, well, then I can't come? They're saying they've got no room for me? Belonging to church is not a closed circuit. It's an open circuit. We want to be part of a big church because it's not okay to ever think we just want to stay here. Because there are many, many people who belong to a whole bunch of other things but don't belong to Jesus. And we're supposed to be a people compelled by his love and so we are desperate for people to fill up our seats and us needing more seats, us needing a bigger space. Keeping what we have as our community and that's up to us, no matter what size we are, but we constantly want to have that heart and passion. It's never okay to think, I just want church to be where we're at. I don't think. I think that's actually a really unhelpful, unhealthy and an unbelonging kind of way to think about God's people. Because his whole act of the Bible, one way of seeing the whole story of the Bible is God gathering his people. The gathering has not finished yet. It finishes when Jesus returns. Do we want to not be part of that gathering or do we want to be passionate about part of that gathering? We're ambassadors for Christ. We're passionate about it. Belonging to church is a fabulous thing. You know, I just thought of one thing that I want to conclude on. That um, I didn't have anything in my notes, but that's all a rosy picture, isn't it? <laughs> But And it sounds really good on paper. But brothers and sisters, we're still struggling. We still confess our sins of communion because we get it wrong sometimes. And that means belonging together, like any family, we have fights. You know, families have fights. We're going to need to say sorry to each other. We're going to need to be functioning by grace. We're going to need forgiveness to truly belong together properly. And no matter what happens... Big disasters that happen in our church. The grieving that many of us are actually facing now and that all of us collectively are doing with physical heartache, we do together. If someone breaks our heart, we seek restoration. If I let you down, I confess my sin to you and I ask for forgiveness. We can always go forward as God's people if we don't think we're perfect. We continually come back to grace and we take on those principles that we thought about today. We've got a long way to go. We can grow more and more as we do that. Let's pray that we'll truly love being a church that belongs.
as God's people. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you are making us, you've made us into a holy nation, a royal priesthood, your people. Help us to truly please you in our life together. And as others come, help them to see we want them just as dearly to belong to this church in Christ as we do. In Jesus' glorious and powerful name we pray. Amen.